This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want to welcome all of you that are watching either by Facebook or YouTube. Glad you can join us tonight. We're going to have a good Bible study. Praise God in God's living word. So get your Bible there, wherever it is you find yourself. And uh, now if you're in the bathtub, maybe you want to hold off on that because, you know, wet, and that might not work. So anyway, but uh, otherwise, uh, get your stuff together. We're going we're gonna to talk about some things I think will be a real blessing to you this evening. You all ready to do that? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads. Praise God. Father, we love you tonight. We're so grateful, Father, for the victory that we have in Jesus. Glory to God. He's the one who came and gave his life as a ransom for all. He's the one who paid the price so that we could live. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you have provided in Christ Jesus for the church. And tonight, Father, we know we'll be taught the word of God. We know, Father God, that by the Holy Ghost and by your word, The revelation knowledge, Father, will dawn within our hearts and it'll bring about adjustments and changes and transformation. And so we're just so grateful, Father God, that we can live within the companionship of heaven. Hallelujah. That we can have peace that passes all understanding. That we can have the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And we just thank you for your mercy and goodness, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's start here tonight in Psalm 1, verse 1, a familiar portion of Scripture here, I know, uh, for many of you perhaps, but notice it said, what's that first word there? What? Blessed. Blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. Yeah, we are blessed. Glory to God every day of our lives. We are blessed. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean you don't have challenges, but you're still blessed. Amen. Amen. Sometimes people have a tendency to focus on the hardship or difficulty or challenge or whatever the case might be instead of how blessed we are. Hallelujah. Because we are without question blessed. So it says, blessed is the man or woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful or those who scoff. But his delight, this man that is blessed, is in the law of the Lord. Hallelujah. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Glory to God. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, praise God, shall prosper. Amen. Let's go on and read the rest of it. It's all pretty good. It says, the ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I'll tell you, it doesn't cost. It pays to obey God. Amen? Praise God to be an obedient follower of him. And he said, blessed is the man who does this but doesn't walk or sit or stand or sit in a place of those that are ungodly. You got to make sure you're getting your information from the right spot. Huh? And unfortunately, you know, in the, in the world in which we live, there's just so much negativity. You know, there's no negativity in heaven. There's nothing negative in heaven. I mean, there's not a word uttered 
in heaven that's negative. It's all good. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so I, um, I want to talk to you this evening about setting a new course for your life. Now, I realize, you know, we all have uh, these tracks where our lives are concerned and things, but I think sometimes if you understand the context of what I mean by this, I'm not, I'm not talking about a complete overhaul, you know, where your life is concerned, but maybe more a reevaluation of things where your life is concerned to perhaps, you know, just do a little tweaking, a little adjusting, hallelujah, uh, so that we can make sure we end up where it is that we want to, uh, want to go. Because I don't think it ever hurts to step back and regroup, kind of evaluate where it is that we are and determine whether or not we're heading the right direction or the direction that we, we really want to go. Sometimes, you know, when you're doing life, there's these storms and there's these different things, you know, that, that come our way and sometimes they have a way of, you know, uh, maybe knocking us off course for a lack of better way of putting it. And so sometimes it's just nice to step back and make sure we're heading the right direction. Are you with me? Like, for example, you know, when we, whenever we go flying, there's, a, there's an instrument in the, in the um, airplane called a heading indicator, and you usually end up having to set that to um, the, uh, uh, what's that thing up there? Huh? No. Yeah, the, yeah, the real compass. <laughs> wow, this is I'm lightning fast tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> So, and, and the thing about the heading indicator is, is that it runs off what they call a gyro, so that it ends up being kind of suspended in space, so when the plane is doing all these things, it's supposed to stay rigid and still give you a true course. Well, uh, I, I guess in, in the best of circumstances, that's true, but not always. And they uh, have a tendency to variate a little bit. And so when you're flying along, you know, every once in a while, you have to take a look at the heading that you're on and, again, check it with the compass. And sometimes it has to be corrected because otherwise you'll end up flying somewhere where you don't want to go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In other words, we're talking about getting to the destination that we have and you just don't want to land someplace that you really never uh, intended to. And the other thing about that is, is, you know, when you set out on a, a, a journey someplace and, you know, you're flying along, you know, all kinds of things, weather elements and wind and different things start to influence the aircraft. And you can be setting on a certain heading, but you could be being blown, you know, off. So, you know, you just have to kind of reevaluate and you have to sometimes, you know, reset things and adjust your course so you can get where you're where you're wanting to go. So when it comes to our personal lives, when it comes to our spiritual lives, maybe it has to do with our families or friendships, relationships, things of that nature. You know, when we're going down, the, when we're doing life, we're going down the road of life, you know, sometimes, you know, things buffet these areas within our lives. And, and, uh, and so we have to just really take a look at it and say, you know, are we really heading the right direction that we want to be going here, the, the, the direction that God has for us? Like, for example, you know, when it comes to your family, you know, uh, I think as, as individuals, as people, as couples, you know, we, we establish certain values, right? And these values are how we live or what we live by because we embrace them to be true and things like that. Well, sometimes those can kind of slip. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
So we just have to kind of back up a little bit. And, and, and so we have these deviation factors, you know, that, that end up impacting our lives sometimes uh, in a negative way or a way that causes us to go somewhere that we don't want to go. And so we end up going off course. And sometimes you can do it without even knowing it. Now, I'm not real proud of this, and I wouldn't just tell it to anybody. But one time when I was flying, I don't remember where I was flying from, but it was a long trip. And, you know, you can get kind of bored in a cockpit. I mean, there's just not so, I mean, you know, there's not much you can do. You're supposed to be watching what's going on. Well, anyway, I had an autopilot, and so I set the autopilot so it, it keeps wings level, holds altitude, and, and flies wherever it is that you're wanting to go. And so, you know, I just happen to be tootling along. I'm getting bored, you know, and I think, you know, I got that book back there, you know. I'll get that book out, you know, and just kind of you know, I'll gaze and look and do this. Well, I got so enthralled in this book that I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. So I finally, you know, came to myself, said, you know how to check things out, make sure everything's heading the right direction here, and come find out that the autopilot had disconnected without my knowing it, <laughs> okay? So the thing, you know, I'm, and, and you know, when you're sitting there, you don't, you can't feel any different or anything, but the plane started doing this, you know? And then it started, you know, then it starts trailing off. Well, sometimes, you know, if you're, you're astute, you can hear the RPM of the engine start going up when the plane starts going down, you know. Well, it was so subtle, I never even noticed it. Well, so I looked at things, and I thought, I am not where I belong. <laughs> so, you know, you just corrected it and, and going, uh, went off, you know, and, and did what I needed to do. But here, my point to that is that we sometimes you know, things go a different direction without us really being aware of it. Are you listening to me? And so, you know, there's some things that, that <clears throat> cause us to end up being sidetracked. I've got a list here, and this may not be a full and complete list, but something for us I want you to think about. Because the whole uh, premise of my sharing with you tonight is, is that I really believe that God has some really incredible things in store for your life. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, I believe that God has plans for us that are wonderful. But if we fixate or we're sidetracked or we're unaware, something of that nature, we can end up going places where we never intended to go. So the things that I'd like to suggest to you, uh, I want you to think about with your own life. You know, sometimes people have setbacks, unexpected things that come their way. It's like, wow, I wasn't looking, looking, you know, looking for this at all. And so they get, uh, you know, um, um, sidetracked. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, people have failings, you know, and uh, they never intended to, but for whatever the reason, the circumstances being what they, they were, they end up, you know, not doing very well. Well, you know, God, he doesn't uh, decide because we failed that he's through with us. Aren't you glad for that? Praise God, his love never fails, amen? But yet those are things that happen in our lives. Sometimes we experience loss. Sometimes we experience defeat or sometimes, we're, you know, anxiety and fear. Some people are really, you know, like especially now. I mean, you know, in the world in which we live, if, if you don't keep your head screwed on straight, dude, you can, you can corkscrew yourself in the ground pretty quick. You know what I mean by that? So it's imperative that you keep your eye on the prize 
and not all of the things, because a lot of the things that we see going on in the world, they have no substance to them whatsoever. Fear, the Bible says, brings torment. And so the last thing that you want to do is be fixating on something that perhaps may not even be true. And even if it is, thank God, he's greater than any problem we'll ever face. Amen? But you have to know that and you have to believe that. Sometimes, you know, distractions can cause our lives to go in a completely different direction. How many of you know this COVID thing has kind of impacted people? Huh? I mean, it's, it's, it's impacted all of us. And not only that, I mean, <laughs> like the elections. I mean, you know, people get all revved up and knotted up and different things like that with all of these uh, things that are going on. It might be personal matters. I'm just talking about things in our lives that sometimes uh, can impact us in a negative way. Sometimes it's just weariness, you know, getting weary and well-doing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's why the Bible admonishes us, don't be weary and well-doing, because you will reap in due season if you don't faint. Well, why did Paul write that in the book of Galatians? Because he knew that we'd have an opportunity you know, in our weariness to say, you know what, I'm just done, I'm tired, I don't want to keep doing this, or whatever the case might be. And he's just saying, don't go there, and don't do that, because you will reap in due season if you don't faint. So as we have opportunity, let's do good unto all men, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Isn't that what the Bible says? So these are things, and then not to, not to mention difficulties, challenges. I'm just kind of trying to give you a list of Maybe uh, take your life and lay it up against the list and say, you know, is any of these things perhaps something that, you know, I might be dealing with that is impacting my life in a negative way? Because I want to help you get it out. I want to help you remove it. I want to help you focus on something different. Because if you'll focus on something different, you'll get where you're going. Are you listening to me? Now, another illustration that I can use, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, flying a plane is fixation. You know, there was a flight, oh, it's, it's probably been 10 years ago. Uh, they were getting ready to land uh, down in the Florida area. And um, when they, when they uh, hit the gear for the gear to go down and different things like that, they should have three lights all green, which means everything's down and they can go ahead and land. Well, they had a malfunction in one of those lights and it didn't turn green. So the captain and, and uh, the co-pilot and whoever else is behind them, navigator, whatever, they're all fixating on this um, bulb, you know, in the cockpit. You know, as it turned out, I think that the, uh, that the gear was actually down, but they're so fixated on this that no one is flying the plane. And they, they, they literally flew the thing right into the Everglades. How many of you maybe remember that? And so that's, that's a common thing they, they talk about when it comes to flying is, is that, there's, that you don't get fixated on one instrument, that there's movement where your eyes are concerned so that you're observing everything that's going on. And, uh, but I think in life that, that happens quite often. So, you know, there are just some things that they end up bringing people to a standstill. How many of you know God doesn't want you to stand still? You know, it might be relational matters, you know, and, and, and you're always thinking about it, you're always dwelling about it, and you're not happy about it, and you want, you know, and, and different things like that. Well, maybe there's a better way to approach that, like as in the case where, you know, we pray for this situation. We'll say, oh, I've been praying about it. I mean, I'm, I'm praying all the time about it, you know, but I'm, I'm never seeing any results. I'm never seeing any changes. I'm never seeing, you know, God doing anything. And, well, how are you praying? 
Are you praying with faith? Are you just shooting up a flare? Are you just kind of hoping something changes? Because, you know, we, we do serve a faith God. Are you with me? So in the context of that, if I had a concern or whatever, wouldn't I be responsible to obey the Bible when it says to cast my care onto him because he cares for me? Huh? This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, he hears us. You know, well, sometimes, you know, we do a lot of praying, but it's not really with faith. And, you know, we're, mel- we're well-meaning, but I tell you what, if, if you put it in his hands and you ask him to do something, then it's not yours anymore, right? So you have no reason to worry. And yet we're world-class worriers sometimes, aren't we? Thanks for your excitement. I'm just, we're just talking here, so, you know, keep smiling. Everything will be all right. And Russ will take us all up to the Dairy Queen. We can have banana splits. Glory to God. Amen. He's the one that got that started. So anyway, um, I just, you know, I don't want to see any of you uh, uh, come to a standstill. You know, and, and, um, um, and, you know, when I talk about it, maybe you find yourself somewhere in that list that I gave to you. Maybe your deal is something else. I don't know. But I can tell you this much about it. God wants to deliver you. Hallelujah. Because there's too much life to live to be stuck, you know, to be in a place where we don't belong. Hallelujah. Now, here's a, a great example of that. You know, the nation of Israel, there's so many great stories. And, you know, these things really happen to people. They're recorded for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth have come. And so he's talking about the nation of Israel and they're being delivered. Aren't you glad you're delivered? They're being delivered out of the land of Egypt, which is a type of the world. You and I, we've been delivered, you know, and they were on their journey. They came up against the Red Sea. Here comes the Egyptian army, you know, and so they're hemmed in and they don't know what to do. So all of a sudden they start complaining. We should, you should have left us where we told you in the first place, now we're out here in the middle of nowhere and they're going to kill us, we're all going to die. You know, it's kind of a negative environment, okay? Moses is having to deal with this whole mess. And, you know, finally, thank God for the Holy Ghost, amen, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes on him. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, it says, which he will accomplish for you today. Hallelujah. Now, I can tell you right now, God's doing this not because of their faith, because he just is God. Amen? Now, even at that, I mean, after this was all over with, you'd think they'd get it. I mean, you'd think, man, I tell you, by golly, I remember when God did that, and he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. You know, we've all done that before. We've had God move supernaturally in our life, and then we come up against another challenge, and we're going, oh, God, you know, am I in the right house? I think I am. Praise God. But he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, your problems, your challenges, your difficulties, whatever, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Well, then the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, why are you crying unto me? He said, tell the people or the nation or children of Israel to go what? To do what? Go forward. You know, the New Living Translation says, tell the people to get moving. Well, you know, why is it that we stand, you know, come to a standstill? Why do we stop in our lives where certain things are concerned? Well, we heard a negative report. We heard a, an evil report. We heard a bad report. 
And all of a sudden, we're, we're all fixated on that bad report, and, you know, we just can't seem to get a, away from it, you know. And so it begins to kind of, you know, uh, chew away where our lives are concerned and things. And it's in those moments that you have to, you have to catch, you, you got to, you know, wake yourself up. You got to catch yourself, say, no, uh-uh, we're not going down this path because God's bigger than any problem that I'll ever say, uh, have. And praise God, he is going to care for me. Glory to God. How many of you believe that tonight? So he told them to get going. And then he told them to lift up, his rod, lift up the rod. And, and, uh, and the children of Israel went across on dry ground. You know, on the road to the will of God, there's going to be challenges. And, and sometimes the biggest challenge that we have is right here. Are you with me? really is. You know, that's why when Paul admonished us in Romans chapter 12 to renew our mind, I mean, he wasn't just, you know, uh, trying to fill up space in the Bible. You've got to change the way that you think. And what do I mean by that? You have to think in line with the Word of God. Now, let's refer back to my text. It said, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, but rather his delight is what? In the law of the Lord, the word of God, because therein is where the, the, the promises of God are found. Another story that gives illustration to this is the four lepers in Second um, <clears throat> Kings chapter 7. And if you recall, judgment had come on the nation. They were in a famine. And uh, Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, was giving pronouncement that tomorrow, the next day, you are going to be able to buy bread and provision and everything for a little bit of nothing. Well, you know, they had been in this thing for so long that one of the guys, you know, said, yeah, right, you bet. He said, even if God did something miraculous, that would never happen. And so the prophet said, well, you will see it happen, but you'll not partake of it. Well, he was standing in the gate of the city and the crowd ran him over and killed him. And he never got, he never did partake of what it is that happened. But prior to that occurring, you know, um, there were these four lepers. And we'll pick this up here in uh, chapter 7, verse 3. There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. So they were outcasts because of their leprosy. And they didn't have anything. And, and they asked themselves a question, why are we sitting here until we die? That's what happens so often where Christians are concerned. You know, they just park and they're at a standstill and they don't get moving. They said, you know, um, uh, they said, if we say we will enter the city, the famine's in the city and we'll die there. But if we sit here, sure enough, we're going to die. In other words, we don't have too much. There aren't many options, but man, let's go for it. And then they said, you know, and if the Syrians... Uh, now, therefore, come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, hey, we get to leave, live. If they kill us, well, <laughs> we'll only die. You know, not a real optimistic kind of view, right? But at least they said, hey, let's do something. Are you listening to me? Well, they found out that there was all kinds of provision that was available for them. So I want to ask you tonight, you know, where are you parking? You know, in your thought life or you know, different things like that. Have you parked by some negative thing that's happened in your life or maybe something that's actually going on right now? You know, people say, well, you know, pastor, I just can't ignore it. Well, um, why not? Huh? 
I mean, in some cases, I mean, I'm not trying to say that we abdicate responsibility, but you understand the spirit in which I'm saying this is, is sometimes we're way too focused on the wrong thing. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. So I ask you tonight, you know, where are you parking? Because God wants you to move on. There's this divine destiny. I wish, you know, sometimes when, when, when truth comes up on the inside of you, you just love to be able to take people's head, screw the top off and stuff it in there and then put it back on again. But I got to tell you, my friends, there is an absolute divine destiny upon every one of your lives. God told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you, I knew you. You know, there's plans that God has for people and they're good. Hallelujah. You know, and again, now, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to deal with stuff. But again, I, I share the scripture all the time. But, you know, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, and to give you a future. Well, hope and a future and plans to prosper, not to harm, they, they, don't, they don't hover around problems all the time. Huh? Now, we have problems, like I said, and we have to deal with those kinds of things, you know, but let's do it intelligently. Let's do it biblically. Let's do it scripturally. Let's do it with faith. Hallelujah. Because God wants us to do just that. There's a race he's given us to run, and we want to win, right? You know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you're familiar with it, I'm sure. He said, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but there's only one that gets the prize? run in such a way that you may obtain. Hallelujah. He says, everyone who competes for the prize, they're temperate in all things. They do it to obtain perishable crowns, but we imperishable. Now listen to this, verse 26. Therefore I run thus, not uncertainly. Uh, thus I fight, not as one who's just beaten the air. In other words, Paul's talking about being pretty deliberate, isn't he? He's, being, he's talking about being pretty intentional about where he's going, what he's doing, and why he's doing it. Are you listening to me? And so I think that it's good for us to, to understand that, you know, <clears throat> you know, ask yourself the question, what, what is it that I'm after? You know, where my life is concerned, what is it that I want? You know, where is it that I want to go? What is it that I want to see different? What is it that I want to do? You know, those types of questions that we can ask ourselves, you know, it, it may be a need for healing, it may be a need for resources, it may be a, a need for uh, wisdom, it may be just, you know, whatever the change may be, we just need to ask ourselves, what are we after? And sometimes, you know, discouragement, self-esteem, uh, or self-esteem, they can keep us, you know, from, from obtaining, um, or <laughs> they can keep you from entering the race, just discouraged. You know, every time I try, it never works out. You know, I don't even know why. You know, I'm just going to let it go, whatever. No, I'm telling you what, that is not the Spirit of God. I said, that's not God. Hallelujah. He wants us, praise God, to stand up and enter in and be blessed. Hallelujah. Because discouragement is just that. It is to try to steal or destroy your courage you know, and sometimes when it comes to our self-esteem, well, you're not this, you're not that, you don't look this, you don't look that. You know, all of those kinds of things, they're set on fire of hell. Amen. You with me? Because, so my point to that is, is that most of that that we listen to are nothing but lies. Are you listening to me? 
And so it's important for us, again, to catch that and not yield to it. Something that Paul said is a good uh, uh, attitude, I guess, if you want to call it that, in Philippians 3 and 12. He says, I don't consider myself to have already attained or that I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everybody say, I press on. We're going to press on. Hallelujah. Go get a good night's rest and go for it. Hallelujah. I press on that I may uh, lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but there is one thing I do. What's that next word? What is it? Forgetting. Those things that are behind, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and reaching forward to the things that are ahead. I press toward the mark or goal for the prize of the upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal. I press toward the goal. I press toward the goal. Well, if you lose sight of the goal, huh? Then, you know, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Where are we going here? You know, you got them things that caused you to deviate and go the wrong directions and end up someplace where you, you uh, don't want to be. Sometimes the biggest challenge to, to reaching where it is that we want to go is just staying focused. You know, when Jonah and I were just young, I mean, I mean, literally, you know, 21, 22, three years old, and we started this church, I got to tell you, we didn't really have a clue, you know, what we were doing. We were, I mean, you know, we went to Bible school for a year, and we learned a little theology, and then they turn you loose and say, adios, here's your certificate, good luck, you know. It wasn't quite like that, but, you know, the... the <laughs> the cauldron of, of, of church life and church is where we really learned. And I tell you what, dude, it got hot in the kitchen sometimes. Are you with me? You know, and, um, and so we just, we had, to, we had to, you know, learn a lot of things. But my point to saying that is, is that we had a lot of things that were driven to distract or to... Um, uh, redirect or cause us to fail or however you want to put it you know but we stayed focused on what it is that he called us to do that's what held us you know we knew we were called we knew that he had told us to start this church and we knew that he had a plan for us that did not include defeat and so we just you know stuck with it hallelujah and I'm glad and I hope you are too so you know when it comes to our lives again you know it's the big challenge sometimes to reaching it is just to keep focused, you know, not that I've already apprehended. I don't count myself to have arrived. I'm not perfect, but I press on for the goal of the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. So, you know, <clears throat> so you got to stay focused on, on reaching the goal. Sometimes, you know, you got to know what the goal is, huh? You know, what is it that we're doing here? Um, so, um, and, 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 you know, so when you look at Paul's life, I mean, obviously he was, you know, a religious zealous zealot, you know, and I mean, he, he started taking the lives of people that were Christians and, you know, throwing men and women in prison and everything else, giving his sentence again. He stood there while they wa he watched them, uh, stone Stephen and gave his consent to what they did. This guy was bad news, you guys. But thank God he had an encounter that changed his life forever, didn't it? 
And so he followed hard after God. He kept his eyes fixed on the calling that God had for him. Now, you may not be called to a ministry, but it might be in your career. It might be, you know, a, 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 a homemaker. Uh, it could be a lot of different things, you know, praise God. But you don't, you don't quit. You don't give up, you know, just because a few things go uh, the wrong way. And so in his latter years and, and time of his life and his ministry, in Acts chapter 20, I want to read this because I think it, it, it helps in the context of what we're talking about here. He was talking to um, the elders that were in Ephesus and basically just said, you're not going to see me anymore. He says, but behold, I go bound in spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost witnesses every place that I go that bonds and afflictions await me. But none of these things move me. Now, I'm telling you what, this guy's focused. Huh? Somehow or another within his heart, he knew that he needed to go to Jerusalem, you know, to give witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And he said, every place everyone's telling me that bonds and afflictions wait me, but none of these things move me. Hallelujah. I tell you what, praise God. That's good. You know, because when you know that you know that you're where you're supposed to be, that God is doing what it is that, you know, he, he, uh, declared that he would do in your life hallelujah that he would give you life and life more abundant those are things worth fighting for and you don't have to be you know he said none of these things move me notice what he goes on to say in this verse none of these things move me neither count I my life dear unto myself now listen so that I may finish my course hallelujah with joy and also the ministry that I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel and of his grace. Hallelujah. So in another place, when he was talking to Timothy, 2 Timothy in chapter 4, he, taught, he uses this terminology about his course. Remember I talked to you about earlier, you know, you set a course, you know, with a heading indicator so you can get where you're going. And so in this uh, scripture, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. How many of you want to finish your course? Hallelujah. And I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day, and not to me only, but to everyone. Hallelujah. To all of them also that love is appearing. Glory to God. There's, there's things that awaits us. You know, that's why we don't quit. That's why we don't give up. That's why we don't allow ourselves to be offended and go walk off in the weeds someplace. Amen? No, praise God. We take offense and put it under our feet and keep on going. Are you listening to me? Because there's something that awaits all of us, and that is the plan and the purpose and the will of God for our lives. So he was clear about his objective. He was clear about his purpose, and he moved towards it. So when it comes to your personal lives or your spiritual lives or whatever it is, you know, if somehow or another, you know, something's kind of gotten in the road, well, maybe we just need to clear that up and get it fixed. Amen. How many of you believe that? Hallelujah. Amen. So here's an exercise for you. Y'all ready? Maybe you want to jot these down a little bit. Well, there's not much to jot. It's just two things you need to do. You need to clarify your target <laughs> huh? and take action get moving. What do you want to do? Yeah, get, clarify the target. Where, what, what is it that you're wanting to do? 
Well, I want to, you know, there's a lot of guys that have said, I want to retire by, you know, a certain age or whatever the case might be. So they set out this goal. You know, it's long term, man, 30 years or 28 or 35 or whatever the number is. You know, I'm not going to retire, dude. I'm going to refire. Hallelujah. Let's go. Come on. There's something to do. Amen. You know, you want to sit around and eat bonbons? Go ahead. I mean, you know, but no, that's just not. No. Uh-uh. So clarify your target, like in your career. You know, I, I've seen guys and gals, both. A lot of times, you know, they'll retire from something, but then they go do something else. You know? Well, I don't want to do anything. You know, I just... Well, okay, I, I, I guess I'm all right with that. But I think that everyone needs purpose within their lives. And after 40 years of ministry and watching people, you know, with all of this kind of business, if you don't have any purpose, man, that is not healthy. Are you with me? Mind the right house. Amen. So clarify the target. And here's some areas that you can think about. Maybe it's a career that you're after. Now, you know, most of us are here tonight. We already got that going. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's debt reduction. Maybe it's travel. I'd like to travel. Yeah, yeah, but you're never going to travel. You don't have any money. You don't have this. You don't have that. You know. Dude, I can tell you what, praise God. Get yourself one of them, you know, VW bugs and paint some flowers on it and go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. Living in a van down by the river. Anyway, uh, maybe it's travel. Maybe it's spiritual growth. Maybe it's building relationships. Maybe it's overcoming strongholds. We're talking about clarifying our target. What is it that you want to do? And then to take action. It might be creating or changing family values. I don't, I don't like this going on here. I, we're going to change that, you know. Um, it could be write a book. Now, you know, I'm not much of a book writer. I, I figure it this way. You know, anything I would tell you, I stole from some. Whatever I know, I got it from somebody else anyway. So go read their book. You'll be fine. Hallelujah. But maybe writing a book. Maybe uh, the target and clarifying that target is to just reprioritize. Some people, you know, they've got so many things going on in their lives that they just need to kind of, you know, wait a minute, let's back up the train here. There was a guy, I'm trying to think of his name right now, I can't think of it, but I know what he said. He said, the key to concentration is elimination. You know, if you really want to get focused, then you just get rid of everything else, and baby, this is where we're heading. You with me? So again, the secret to concentration is elimination. There's, there's a lot of things we can do, but what are the things that I must do? Huh? That's important. So what do you want to do? Let's look at another verse. You doing all right? Turn over to uh, Psalm 37 and look at this psalm with me. <coughs> Here's a good verse of scripture for you. This will bless you tonight. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. <laughs> that certainly has an application, doesn't it? Am I right? Okay. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, because they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. And so shall you dwell in the land, and truly you will be fed. Now, this is the verse that I wanted to give to you this evening here. 
Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. You all have desires, don't you? Huh? Guess what? God wants to give them to you. So if you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And he goes on, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he'll bring it to pass. Hallelujah. That's awesome. It's kind of like the uh, psalm that we started with there in the text says, you know, blessed is the man who what? Doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word. Praise God. And he's going to end up like a tree. He's going to bring forth fruit, and whatever he does is going to prosper. Hallelujah. So, you know, if we'll look to the Lord, listen, he'll provide you with both vision and direction for your life. And this doesn't have to be a big old arduous thing, dude. If we'll just commit ourselves to being before him and let him be the one who instills these things within our lives, it'll be wonderful. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'm going to give you more work. No, he says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. You'll find rest to your souls for, because my, my yoke's easy. My burden's light. Hallelujah. Now, there may be some things we have to do, but you get the point there. Hallelujah. I mentioned this earlier. You know, that people often will say, well, my life has no, no purpose. Listen to me. Nothing absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. That is a lie. You were born with and for a purpose. And so you just have to discover what it is. But what happens so often is, is again, just the storms of life and people, you know, they're being beat on all the time and different things. They get down, they get discouraged, and they just go, what is the use? Well, the use is, is because even though all that stuff has happened to you, God is still God. He's your God, and he wants to put you over. But you've got to believe it. Praise God. And you've got to start moving forward. You know, those four leopards, I mean, here they are dying of starvation. They've got all kinds of conditions that are bad and whatever, you know. And it, they fin it finally dawned on them, what are we doing sitting here? Let's go into the city. If they kill us, not a big deal. We're going to die anyway. Well, you know, because they, they, they started heading in a direction, praise God, and that's really what I have for you tonight is, is that, you know, if you've, if you've stopped, uh, I want to encourage you to get going. If I can be the one with the prod, that would be great. <laughs> I'd love to help you out. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, <clears throat> again, let me say, when people say uh, that my life has no purpose, nothing could be further from the truth, and you say, well, how in the world does that happen? It happens because they're looking at the wrong thing. Huh? For so long, they've just concluded, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. And the only way to redirect that person is to point them to the Word. You know? Now, a lot of people don't like to hear that, you know? But that's all I got. If I can get you to believe the Bible, praise God, that he came that you might have life and life more abundant, that he has a purpose for you just like Jeremiah, you know, he knew him before he was in the womb. I mean, you know, come on. There's things that we just have to discover what that is. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, that where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. What does that mean? When people don't have direction, one Bible translation says where there is no uh, um revelation, redemptive revelation, 
people cast off restraint. See, you see this in the world, you guys. I mean, it's so prevalent with people that don't know Jesus, that don't know God. You know, they're living these godless lives. They're living these empty, really empty lives. They chase all these things. They, they put themselves in terrible places and positions and into situations and things of that nature that are, that are, that are destroying their lives quite, quite literally. Are you with me? And that's why the Bible says when you don't have a redemptive revelation of God, when, they, when you don't have a vision for God and of God, people cast off restraints. They, I mean, we, we look at people and say, how in the world could they possibly get themselves to a place to behave and do and whatever? That's exactly why. Huh? And Paul talks about this in Romans. We don't really have time to go there, but he just basically said, you know, when people don't want to retain God in their knowledge, he, he gives them over to a mind that is void of judgment. Huh? Reprobate. You know, I mean, they're just, you know, and it isn't his plan. It isn't his purpose. But when you reject God, what, what's God supposed to do? Huh? It's your choice, not his. But thank God you can turn and look to him and he can, he can make it. But, so, you know, without God, life really doesn't have a whole lot of purpose. But with God, whoo, it's got all kinds of purpose. Your life has purpose. Everybody say it. My life has purpose. Say it again. My life has purpose. And, and not just one. For many of you, you have so many things and so much to live for. So um, I'll just conclude by saying that two things that will help you is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. In other words, when I say the Word of God, His promises, you know? He said, don't be afraid. I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Hallelujah. You know, these are the things that God has, has given to us that we can stand on, praise God, and put us over in life. So, um, I guess let's get busy. What do you say? Hallelujah. If you got an area in your life tonight, you know, maybe as I've communicated with you, it's not so much what I say as much as what the Holy Ghost says to you in and through what I say that matters. So if there's something, you know, well, I really, I, 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 I have been fixating on that and I shouldn't be doing that. Well, here's a good, good, uh, a good time to change that. Amen. Praise God. You know, and be careful about, I, I can't tell you or say this enough, be careful about what you say. Well, you know, I can't ever this, I can't ever that. I, I wish there's some way that we could take can't out of our vocabulary, you know. You know, we all have that susceptibility, but, you know, Paul said we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Let's stand together, everybody. Hallelujah. I bet the Dairy Queen's already closed. Bummer. They close at 8, don't they? Well, we got 22 seconds. Here I was going to offer, I was going to all buy, buy you all ice cream cone, but I can't even do that now. Praise God. <laughs> Order in early, huh? Yeah. Let's pray together. Father, we just want to thank you tonight, Father, just for this time together. We know, Father, that this wasn't a hang from the chandelier kind of thing, but it, it, it provides um, stability and gravity within our lives. Help us, Father, to bring clarity to those things that are important to us, that priority that really matters. And also, Father God, it, it, we, we ask you to help us to declutter our lives and things that don't really matter. 
And God, I just thank you that in these days and weeks, even the months ahead, Father, even the years ahead, that, Father God, we'll be able to live our lives with joy and cheer because we trust in you and we look to you and we listen and we obey. And, Father, I just thank you for your blessing in every home, family, and individual here tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'll give you a good example. We were in a meeting down in Branson, and the Lord spoke to me about uh, something he wanted me to do as a goal. And I said, by golly, I'm going to do that. And I even wrote it down. I got paper and everything like that. Well, that was, uh, when we read down there? Uh, three weeks ago, four, maybe, a month ago. I still haven't done it. Now, I know none of you ever do that, okay, but I'm just, you know, being transparent. You know, he told me, he says, when you, go, when you get home, this is what I want you to do. I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And I haven't done it. Now, it's not the end of the world, but if I want to get where I want to go and where God wants me to go, then you know what? I ought to do what he told me to do, huh? So there you go. Confession's good for the soul, I guess. Praise God. We're going to receive our evening offering. The ushers have an envelope if you need one. Raise your hand.